Welcome to Be The Light Podcast with C.B. Barflow, lead pastor of Denver Beacon. I am your host, Pastor Ty Morris. Our desire is to lead the lost, the broken, and the hopelessness of our communities, to be light bearers in our city set on a hill. Now tune in for our sermon series. Maybe you don't know it, maybe you don't know it already, but you're a part of a great church and uh, God is doing some great things here because you guys have incredible leaders. Pastor CB, come on somebody, and Chanel. Come on, can we make some noise and give honor where honor is due for Pastor CB and Chanel for all the hard work and labor that they put in to pray for you, to intercede for you, to preach to you, to give you a word from God, to make sure that your needs are met as as your pastors. And so that's not a small task at all. And so I want you guys to overwhelm them and bombard them with thanksgiving, with kind words, with, uh, with things to make sure they feel appreciated when they get back. I, I just want them to walk through the door and just walk into, you know, I just thank you so much. I appreciate you. I want them to feel that. I want them to hear that when they get back. Can y'all do that for me? Amen. We got to give honor where honor is due. So God is so faithful. Listen, I am a, I am a married man of 21 years. My wonderful wife, Pastor Crystal, is actually holding down the fort for me today in Tampa where we have two services. We've moved into our own facility after two years. God is doing some great things. The vision of Courageous Churches has accelerated incredibly, and we're seeing hundreds of people come into the, the kingdom. Our church looks a lot like this. It looks like heaven because our church is diverse just like yours is. And we're right in the heart of the city right near downtown, and so God is doing some great things in Courageous Church, and I want to take a moment just to say thank you for you guys sowing into our church plant over two years ago. I promise you, the seed that you sowed has grown, and it's starting to it's starting to bust through the ground, and we're starting to see some fruit from what you guys have sown, and so I just want to encourage you in your giving. Every time you sow into Beacon, I promise you, Beacon is doing its best to make sure that it extends itself towards the kingdom of God, not just those that are in the this building, but those that are a part of the kingdom. So thank you again for sowing into Courageous Church. You can give yourselves a hand if you're a giver here at at Beacon. Come on, somebody. Well, the worship team did a great job today. That was amazing. My goodness, y'all start singing King of Glory. I was over here singing. I couldn't sing at all, but I was trying my best, you know, trying to warm my pipes up so I can make sure that I'm ready to do my part. And uh, God is just amazing. I feel the spirit of God in this church. I love seeing God move in such amazing places like this. I think this place is like an event center or something like that uh, throughout the week. So there's other stuff that takes place here. But by dog today, it's a house of God. And we're going to make this into a church. Can I get somebody to say amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all with me today. I love it. I love it. Well, we're honored to be here. I'm excited. This is going to be a great Sunday. Let me tell you what's going to happen today. I'm going to set you up. Can we do that? So this is what's going to happen today. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and I'm going to explain what that's about. What's going to happen is I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And as I talk about the Holy Spirit and what he does and what he brings into the life of a believer, keep playing behind me. It sounds better when you play. Once I finish reading, you guys can leave. Band, I'm going to need y'all back up here at the end because at the end, there's going to be some people that are going to be hungry for the Holy Spirit, and they're going to want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to need you guys to give me something strong behind me so that people that come down to receive the power of the Holy Spirit has an atmosphere to be able to do that. Are you ready? 
And so I, I want you to get, your, get yourself ready because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, right now we're in a series in our church called Ghost, the Power of the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing God move and manifest in such an incredible way. People are hungry. Brand new people coming right off the streets who know nothing about Jesus are coming into relationship with not just Jesus, but coming into the contact of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are seeing life change and transformation happen all this month at our church. My wife has got me covered at home and we're preaching from the same text today. Come on, somebody. My cutie booty's holding me down in Tampa. I'm doing my job in Denver. And uh, she's biting the devil in the kneecaps in Tampa. I'm going to punch him in the eyeball here in Denver. And we're going to have a Holy Ghost good time. Somebody say amen. All right, let's go to work, shall we? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter... Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll be reading from the Beacon Bible. Let's go. Got ourselves a beacon Bible in the hand. Let's go. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want you guys to jump down to, uh, let's start right there in the first verse, and I'm going to read until Jesus says stop, because we only have one service, right? That's beautiful. See, I got a tap dance when I'm at home, because I got that 9.30 and that 11.30 coming behind that 9, and so I get to take my time today and really, really give you guys what the Lord has spoken to me to share with you. Amen? All right, so let's go. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, uh, however, you, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that, there, that, that no one speaks in the Spirit of God, no one speaks, no one speaking in the Spirit of God, ever says Jesus is accused. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. Now, there is, uh, there is varieties of, of, of gifts, but the same Spirit. Somebody say same Spirit. Said like you got the Holy Ghost, same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. Somebody say same Lord. Okay, you got it now. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same, but it is the same God who empowers them uh, all, all in everyone. And uh, so to each one is given uh, the manifestation of the spirit for the, for the common good. Verse 8, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge. Someone say knowledge. According to the same spirit. To another... Faith, somebody say faith, by the same spirit. To another, the gift of healing, somebody say healing, by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles, somebody say miracles. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and to another, prophecy, someone say prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, which is discernment in other translations, somebody say uh, discernment. To another, variations of tongues, someone say tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Somebody say interpreta interpretation. Yeah, this country boy from Dallas is all tongue-tied. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who appropriates or who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I want to make sure that I, I, I highlight that part right there that it's the Holy Spirit's job to distribute these gifts. And once you come into contact with him and you allow him into your life, he comes with gifts that he gives to the body of Christ and to you as an individual. And so today, I want to take my time on Pentecost Sunday and preach from a subject called Auto-Tune My Gifts. Auto-Tune 
my gifts. Auto-tune. My Holy Spirit, I need you to auto-tune my gifts. I need you to bring me into alignment by which you have created me for and help me to understand what you placed inside of me and tune it up so it sounds right coming out of me. Tune it up so it looks right coming out of me. Tune it up so when I'm operating under your gifts that I do it the way that I'm supposed to. Can we do that today? Let's pray. Awesome God, do your thing. Amen. You don't have to pray long when you live close to the throne. Come on, somebody. Touch your neighbor and say, auto-tune my gift. Auto-tune, auto-tune my gift. Auto-tune my gift. I'm excited to be with you guys today because I really believe that God is up to something really great here at Beacon. I wouldn't take time from my church in Tampa to be here with you guys except, number one, I love CB. I love CB and I love Chanel so, so much that I want to make sure that I'm here uh, under assignment saying yes to what God wants for me, but I also love your pastors extremely a lot. But I also feel like that God has me here on this particular day at this particular time to teach you guys some things about the Holy Spirit. And so let me give you a bit, a bit of a backstory. Today is what they call Pentecost Sunday. This is the inaugural uh, 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 day that the Holy Spirit actually visits and comes, that we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming and showing up in the upper room where the where, where the disciples were hanging out, Jesus told them to go and sit and wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit visits them. I'm in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and also in chapter 2. And as the Bible says, that as they were on, in one place on one accord, suddenly the Holy Spirit came in, and he manifested himself, and they began to speak in, in utterances in other languages and other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus thought so much of the Holy Spirit that he would not allow them to go and do the work that he called them to do, except they had the Holy Spirit first. He, he said that I, I can't have you go and be who you are supposed to be. I can't have you go and operate the way you're supposed to be. I can't have you take the gospel to the edges of the world without the Holy Spirit. And so it's important for you to understand that today is a day that we celebrate the third part of the Trinity, not the Father, because the Father is already present. He's already done what he did. Not, not the Son. The Son has already come, and he's ascended back to the right hand of the Father. But today we celebrate, we celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit was released upon the church to both be and do what God called them to do with power and authority. And so today we're talking about that third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And here's the cool part about the Holy Spirit. The cool part about the Holy Spirit is he's the only part of the Godhead that still lives here in the earth. So funny, because I know everybody loves the, the Father. You know, we sing, Father, praise the Father. And then we also say this, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. We love, we love that. We love that. We, 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 we believe that the, the, the Father created the heavens and the earth. We believe that nothing exists except the Father created it. We believe that there is no Big Bang theory. The Big Bang is that God decided to do something big and make it there. So bang, there it is, because God's spoke it into existence and when he said it it became what he said that it was going to be everything was created by God nothing starts or stops without him we understand that about the father somebody say the father we understand that the Son of God came and lived a sinless, spotless life. He was, he was a man. He was all God and all man at the same time. He was the Son of God. He was, he was the rose of Sharon. He was the bright and morning star. He was the great I am. He was the Messiah. He was the peacemaker. He was the grace giver. He was the anointed one. Somebody know Jesus. Somebody say amen. 
So we know the Father, we know the Son, Jesus, but oftentimes I see people trip about the third person in the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. I start to think to myself, why do people have such apprehensions about coming in contact with the Holy Spirit? And I begin to do research because, you know, when you search the book of Googleations, you find some stuff. Yeah. Book of Googleations, you start finding some stuff in there that doesn't quite line up with Scripture. And so sometimes, because this world that we live in does so much searching and looking for themselves outside of the text, outside of the Bible, looking for answers in the world, we oftentimes run by bad examples of what the Holy Spirit is. I've seen so many things and so many things that call themselves filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you are scared because you say having the Holy Spirit means I'm going to run down those steps, trip and fall and bust my head down here on the the concrete because because the Holy Spirit makes somebody run and fall and you saw that and you're like hey don't want no parts of that hallelujah praise the God praise God for the Lord praise the Lord for his son but Holy Spirit we're just going to keep you at the door because I'm not sure what you're going to do to me if you come inside of me I just want to keep my body safe in Jesus name some of you saw the weddings where people are at the altar and they you know the brother done waited all this time you know he's he he's waited he's he's sanctified he and his wife I don't know I know you've seen it you see you've seen the video where the guy catches the Holy Ghost at the altar and some of y'all women in here like I'll be dog if you catch the Holy Ghost at my wedding you better keep everything in order sir do you understand how much planning we put into this you're gonna catch the holy ghost and tear everything up okay all right that's how this works and i just want to tell you that the holy spirit doesn't have to be loud and and uh, rambunctious the holy spirit can be still and quiet the holy spirit can speak to you when you're driving the holy spirit can warn you about things that are about to happen the holy spirit can help you discern what's happening around you the holy spirit can lead and guide you into the right relationships and he doesn't have to be what you saw him be or what you've made him to be i think that he's got a bad rap and so i just came today to kind of reintroduce the holy spirit to some of you guys because i think that he wants something to do with all of us and I want to say this too the Holy Spirit is not just for us who stand on platforms and sing songs or preach sermons the Holy Spirit is for everyone the Holy Spirit is supposed to be in the life of every believer who calls on the name of Jesus the Holy Spirit actually gives you your superpower the Holy Spirit actually gives you what it takes to live this life out called Christianity the Holy Spirit is the thing that will cause you not to flip the bird and instead of the flipping the bird you start flipping the word somebody say amen because the Holy Spirit some of y'all in traffic saying Holy Ghost just saved your life ah better be glad I got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit changes your behavior. I'll never forget when I came into relationship with the Holy Spirit. I was 15 years old. I was a part of a youth ministry, and the power of God was manifesting. We were in a revival time in our youth ministry, and I was seeing sagging thugs coming to the altar, throwing their do-rags down at the altar, giving their lives to Jesus. It was absolutely incredible. We grew by the hundreds, and the day that I got saved and came down to the altar and gave my life to Jesus, 1999, July 7th to be exact, I remember standing at the altar saying, 
saying yes to Jesus, the power of God was so strong in the room. The power of the Holy Spirit was moving so strong in the room. I had no choice but to give in to the power of God that was there. And I said yes at the altar call, gave my life to Jesus. And that day I received an impartation and power of the Holy Spirit. My youth pastor laid hands on me and said, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And boom, something happened on the inside of me that I can't quite explain. But all I know is when I went home that day, nobody told me to throw away my little Kim and Master P posters off the wall, make them say, uh. <laughs> Holy Spirit was like, uh-uh, na-na-na-na, to tear it down. I start throwing away little black books and little small DVDs, you know, them DVDs that we used to hide underneath our, our couches and sofas, and I threw away stuff because no one told me to do it. The Holy Spirit was now living inside of me, and it is his job to convict the world of sin, and without the power of the Holy Spirit, living this life for God is absolutely impossible, and maybe some of you are frustrated with God and frustrated with your walk with God because you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and convict you and show you how to live this life out called Christianity. You can't do it without him. And this is why Jesus tells the disciples to sit and wait in the upper room until the power of God comes upon you by way of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says you shall receive power to be witnesses unto Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 right now. And I need you to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit desires to live in every single one of you here in Beacon and every single one of you listening to this podcast afterwards because he is real. He is authentic and he wants to show you who God is by living on the inside. Somebody say amen. amen. Here's the great part about the Holy Spirit. He not only empowers you to live a life that is pleasing to God. He not only helps to convict you and help you understand how to treat people and how to talk differently. He not only changes your language. Wait a minute. Did you see that in the book of Acts? I don't know why I keep going back to this. But in the book of Acts around the second chapter, the first thing that happens when the, when the Holy Spirit comes is the Bible says that he manifests as clothed in tongues of fire. And he sat upon the disciples in the upper room. I'm in the book of Acts chapter 2. It's interesting that the first thing that happens is their language changes before any of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit manifest. And I came to tell someone in this room that's struggling with a bad language, that's struggling with a potty mouth, that's struggling with talking bad. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit's job is to change how you talk and change how you think so the stuff that comes out of your mouth can be pleasing to God. And maybe you just need a dose of the Holy Ghost. And if you get some Holy Ghost on the inside, different stuff will start coming outside of your mouth. Different things will start manifesting out of your heart. Different things will start popping out of your language because he wants to change you from within. And the first thing he changes is the way you talk. Why? Because the power of life and death are in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 18 and 21. So he's got to change the way you talk because the way you talk changes your environment. The way you talk changes your, 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 your atmosphere. The way you talk actually sets you up for life or for death because you were made in the likeness in the image of Almighty God. Somebody say amen. Sheesh, I'm all over the place here. I, I, I'm trying to stick to these notes, but I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me to make sure that I help you understand that you are made in the likeness in the image of God. And so I, I want to make sure that I help you understand something. 
that you were created. The reason why you need the Holy Spirit is because you were created with purpose. You were created with something living on the inside that is from God. You were created because he has something for you to do while you're in this earth. I know that you have more degrees than the thermometer. I know that you make a good salary. I know you drive a Tesla. And I know, I know everything is great and lovely in your natural life. But I want you not to be blinded by the things in this world. And remember that God created you for a spiritual purpose purpose as well. There is something spiritual for you to accomplish while you're here in this earth. This is why in Genesis 1 and 26, God creates you in his likeness, in his own image. This is why he talks to you in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creep on the earth. Why? Because you're made in the likeness in the image of God. And God has dominion over heaven, but he gave you dominion over earth. Sheesh. And so he created you to be his representatives here in the earth realm. And so next time you look in the mirror and you don't like what you look like, just remember that you were made in the likeness and image of God. Oh. Next time you look, next time you look at that belly in, 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 in the mirror, and you say, man, I don't like what I see. Just remember your hips, your lips, your fingertips, and everything else you got was made in the likeness and the image of Almighty God. I don't care how short you are. You're made in the likeness and the image of God. I don't care how dark you are. You're made in the likeness and the image of Almighty God. I don't care how tall you are. You're made in the likeness and the image of Almighty God. And I need every single one of us to be sold on the fact that God made us in his likeness and his image. And if he made us in his likeness and his image, that means he's got something to to do. I love this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. You see the formation of man, the creation of his body being made from the dust of the ground. I love that God spends all of his creation days creating everything with his voice. He spoke, and there it was, the stars, the, stars, the sun, the moon. He spoke, and there it was. He, he, he spoke, and animals, and, and, and the sea began to fill with, with, with all types of things. He spoke, he spoke, he spoke. But when he gets to mankind, I love what he does with mankind. He thought so much of us. Let me tell you, let me hit your self-esteem right in the chest right here. I just want to, I want to hit you. He thought so much of you. He thought so much of you. He thought so, he thought that you were so special that he could not just speak you into existence. This is the only time in the creation where we see God coming down from heaven, sticking his hands in the dust of the ground to form you, mankind, in his likeness and his image. So next time you have an issue with what you look like, I need you to understand that God formed you with his hands. And if God formed all of us with his hands, that means He's got something for us to do with our hands. My goodness. And so I'm trying to sell you on the fact that not only are you created in the likeness and the image of God, but he wants to empower you to do what he created you to do. And the only way you can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is good. Am I bringing this home? Are you helping? you starting to see this. You with, me? you with me, my man, right here? You with me? You with me, Chicago? Yeah, yeah, he's with me. And I want you to be with me because I need you to understand that you were made for a purpose. You are not just here to suck up sunshine and, and, and cry about the rain. God made you to reign here on earth. He called you to be the sunshine of his glory. God called you to do something here that is beyond just human stuff, just beyond regular stuff. There is a spiritual purpose by which you are here on the earth and the Holy Spirit will activate that purpose if you allow him.
And so you're gifted. You're gifted and talented. You got something going on on the inside that the Holy Spirit wants to bring out of you. There is a gift that lives inside of all of us that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about. And these gifts, these nine gifts are distributed throughout the body of Christ. And all of us have at least one of these gifts if we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit begins to find these gifts inside of all of us and find ways to activate them. And I know what you're asking because I can see it in some of your faces right now. I came to preach today. I came. I, I came to. I got one sermon. I'm going to give you all I got. I hope you came ready. I, 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 I got a fire hose ready for I hope you came ready, locked and loaded, because I feel like God wants me to push Beacon today and make sure you understand that you were created in his likeness and his image, and he put some gifts on the inside of you, and he wants you to flow with power in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? amen. You've got some gifts that are sitting on the inside of you that God wants to activate. And those gifts are associated with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And these gifts are things that identify who you are and the call of God that sits on you, the unique way that he's made all of us. The way that he cut you, he didn't cut anybody else. And so he gave you some gifts to complement the way that he cut you and the way that he made you. He wants you to understand how to operate in those gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do that. So I hear the question in the room is, how do I find my gifts? How do I, pastor, I hear you talking, sounds good, you're a great preacher, thank you by the way, <laughs> but how do I find these gifts that you're talking about? Because I haven't seen them at work in my life yet. I haven't been able to discover these gifts that God placed on the inside of me. I'm glad you asked. Well, oftentimes, this is how you discover the gifts of God that live on the inside of you. Once you come into relationship with God, once you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, once you've asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life, you should start looking for certain things. And these are the things you should start looking for. What moves you? Can I ask you, what motivates your heart that you would do that no one would have to pay you to do? What what what? What, what, what fuels you? What gets you going? What gets you more excited than a Celsius can? What, what would get you more excited than a cup of Starbucks? What, what, what would just get you out of bed if you thought about it long enough? Like, man, that thing right there, that missions project right there, that cause right there, that thing in church right there. Oh, man, I got a real passion for that. So the question is, is if you're trying to find your gifts, what moves you? Here's another one. What motivates you? What gives you, what pushes you? What gives you wind behind your sails? What, what, what actually pushes you? What actually makes you move when you don't want to move? What actually makes you get up and show up for church and be here to serve when you don't want to serve? What actually gets you motivated on your job when, when your boss is asking you to do certain things? But when they mention this one thing, boy, motivation comes across you like never before. Maybe it's human trafficking because that's one of our causes in Tampa because we're one of the top cities in the nation for human trafficking so we go after it with passion and authority. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, a homelessness because you guys have a real big issue with that. Maybe is, Does every homeless person you see, you come up with a solution for in your head? Maybe that's some kind of gift that God has given you that he wants to activate through the power of the Holy Spirit because that's what motivates you. What inspires you? What inspires you? 
What when you see it and you hear it, man, you light up like a Christmas tree? What, what, what cause or what thing, what, what, what problem when it's talked about, man, you perk up and you're just so excited about doing something, making a contribution, saying something that helps you to step into that? What brings you, here's a good one, here's a flip side of it, ready? What brings you misery? Here we go. Some of you walked in this room, you saw some stuff that was out of place. And like, it's really messing with your head like you were trying to worship. And you're like, I see the evidence. Ooh, that light right there. It's not even. That side over there is like 60%. That other side is like 30. And I'm seeing a shadow on Pastor Ty's face on the right side when he goes farther to the right side of the stage. Maybe lighting could be a gift that God is giving you. Maybe you were bothered by the sound in the room and you heard something and it made you, it made you feel a certain kind of way. And you know the solution is to do X, Y, or Z. Maybe God has put some kind of gift in you to add value to the body of Christ. Maybe when you hear sermons preached, you critique and you talk about, well, well, that's great. Oh, man, I can see a scripture that comes in contact with that. And there's confirmation here and there and there. Maybe you're called to be a preacher or a speaker. Maybe maybe when you see the kids and you see the kiddos and, and you see them babies and, man, you start looking at kids like, man, oh, my goodness, if that baby could just learn about Jesus before they turn 12 years old, if that baby could just learn about Jesus before they get to middle school, man, their life could be totally different. I don't know what your motivation is. I don't know what your misery is. I don't know what brings you misery. I don't know what brings you misery, but oftentimes what brings you misery is you will usually bring your ministry. Oh, this is good because you'll start, start seeing stuff. And it'll start making you feel passionate about who you are and how you could bring a solution to it. Maybe you have a misery about it because you're supposed to be the solution to it. Oh, I came to push you today. I came to push you today because some of you only believe that preachers are gifted. But I'm here, I'm here to tell every single one of you guys that no matter what side of the tracks you grew up on, no matter who your mom is or your father is, I need you to understand that you were made in the likeness, in the image of Almighty God. And he gave you the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes with gifts that he wants you to utilize to be who he called you to be right here in the earth. Monday through Friday. Hello, somebody. Got the church going up. On a Tuesday with the Holy Ghost in you. Yes, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who will walk and talk like him. He's looking for somebody who will allow him to fill them outside of just the four walls of the church. We come here to have an encounter and an experience with the Holy Spirit, but he really wants to leave the room with us. He wants to sit in the car with us when we leave the building. He wants to walk on the job with us when we go in there and we want to cuss somebody out and say some wrong things. He's going to teach you to say the right things. When you want to go off on your child who you know has done this thing for the 10th time and they've got on your last nerves and you just don't know what to do with this child anymore the Holy Ghost wants to help you give you some patience so that you can deal with this child the way he wants you to Holy Spirit desires to live inside he brings gifts and so we're trying to figure out how do you find those gifts how do you find those gifts so here's another question once you find your gift how do you grow in the gift that God has given you I know this is a big boy, big girl message today, but I just want you to stick with me because some of us may not be this far down the line as far as their, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to some people in the room, too, that have discovered the fact that I am gifted, who have agreed on the fact that, man, God has put me here for a purpose and for such a time as this. I want to take it a little step further and deal with how you develop the gift that God has placed inside of you. Because if you try and de develop your gift based on the way the world develops things, you're going to lose your gift 
and you won't be able to function in your gift the way that God created you to operate in your gift. Somebody say amen. And so I want to ask you, how do you grow in your gift? The same way that a seed grows in the ground. Can somebody tell me real quick? All right, right, there's three things that it takes for a seed to grow. Somebody somebody say water. 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 That's good. Anybody else? Give me something else. Light. Sunshine. Sunshine. Yes, yes. One more thing. One more thing. Can't, Can't do it without this. Somebody say what? Did I say, somebody say dirt? dirt? Somebody, who said dirt? Where are we at? Wave at me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it takes, for seed to grow, you need water, you need sunshine, and you need dirt. Without these three things, it's impossible to grow a seed. And I'm here to tell you, it's impossible to grow in the gift that God placed inside of you without these three things as well. Well, you need dirt. What is dirt? Somebody say dirt. dirt. Yeah, dirt is the, is the side of developing your gift that seems a little tedious, that seems, uh, uh, that seems cumbersome, that seems frustrating, because oftentimes when you deal with dirt, it's not fun, it's not exciting, it's not beautiful, it's nasty, because that's where the fertilizer lives in the dirt. That's where you got to get your nails and your hands into it. That's when you got to actually dig something up and mess around in the dirt. And I love the fact that when you have a gift and you understand that you have a gift, the first thing that you need to do is get dirty with your gift. Come on, somebody. David did dirty work. Uh, Jesus did dirty work. These are people who understood that there was a gift of God that was on the inside of me, and David was anointed to be a king as a teenager, but he had to do some dirty work. I love it. He had to go slay a Goliath. He had to, he had to avoid uh, uh, being, being, being moved by uh, offense because his leader was throwing, was throwing uh, 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 arrows at him. He, he, he had to overcome some stuff to, in order to be who God called him to be so he could develop his gift so he could grow in his gift and oftentimes we avoid the hard part of developing our gift because we've been taught to be the microwave generation that sees it and wants to be it as soon as we see it but I'm here to tell you you can't grow in the gift that God has given you that way you're going to have to put that thing in some dirt and let it sit oh some of you some of you keep uprooting the seed and trying to move from one place to the next Because you're trying to find the right dirt that's going to help you grow. But can I tell you, the problem is often not in the dirt, but it's usually in the seed that continues to jump from soil to soil. And if you would just get somewhere long enough and sit down and stay there for a minute and let God speak into you, let God lead you and guide you, let God grow you then maybe, just maybe, that little sproutling would pop up out of the ground that would begin to grow the tree called your gift so you can flow in who God called you to be. I think that far too often we are too in a hurry to go into who God called us to be, and we don't want to allow it to grow and develop so that we can be who God called us to be. What would have happened if David didn't have time to sit in, 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 the, king's, in the king's court? What would have happened if David hadn't been exposed to Saul in the kingdom before he became the king? What would have happened if, if David hadn't slayed Goliath? before he actually became a warrior for the people of Israel. David had to get his dirty work in so that he could be who God called him to be because the gift that God gave you is so important that he can't afford for you to not be right with it. This is the gift that's going to change the world around you. This is the gift that's going to change your neighborhood. This is the gift that's going to change your generation. This is the gift that's going to change your family. This is the gift that's going to help your children produce legacy. This is the gift that God wants to 
to make sure it's developed so that when you use it, it's full grown. Somebody say amen. You need some dirt. Got to go to Bible school if you feel called to ministry. Way with these overnight preachers got you a got you a certificate online. No, 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 no. That's not how you do that. You got to go to Bible college, sit under somebody, be able to sit in, in a place where you can develop. Did you know that the best pictures develop in the darkest rooms? Some of us are so in a hurry to jump out there with this thing that we saw. So here's what I don't want today. I don't want you to find your gift and say, ta-da, I'm ready to jump right in. I want you to develop your gift and allow yourself to be planted firmly somewhere where you can grow in the gift that God is giving you. Growing that gift is just as important as discovering that gift. And you can't do that without a little dirt. Somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water. Water. Water is equally as important as well because water does something where where when you think about water, I want you to think about I want you to think about the tabernacle. I want you to think about has has CB taught on the tabernacle here yet? Has he taught about the tabernacle? He taught. Okay, okay, okay. In in this tabernacle in the Old Testament, you'll find this in the book of Exodus. uh, God constructed this huge place for worship for for the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they had to worship in the desert for forty years. Remember that whole thing? And all these tribes were around and they had to they had to have the presence of God there. So they they put this they put this 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 uh, oh oh this is good. They 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 put this they put this mobile church, come on somebody, out in the wilderness that they had to put up together, they had to construct it, put it together, tear it down and move it when it was time. And, and, and what happened is, is inside, of this, inside of this tabernacle, there was this big bowl of water. It was called a laver. And in this laver, they would have to wash their feet before they went too far into the presence of God. And I love this, uh, this illustration about water because water washes us. See, when you get the gift that God has called you to walk in and you are, and you are a man or woman of God, it's important for you to operate in your gift while you're being washed by the word, while you're being cleansed and, and helping your integrity to grow because some Someone who operates in a gift that doesn't have integrity will, will swander the gift and God will remove that thing and he will he, his presence won't sit on you. And no matter what you're called to do, whether it's helping homeless people, whether it's helping people in, uh, uh, in the housing crisis, no matter what it is, if it's a gift from God, you need some water to make sure that you remain clean and pure minded to make sure that your heart is in the right condition as you operate your gifting. Because people who discover giftings without allowing themselves to grow in their integrity can choke that gifting out and it can be used for other things and that's where you see soothsayers and witchcraft and all types of crazy stuff that's being operated because that's a gift that's not submitted to God I'm trying to help you grow in the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave you I'm trying to help you see that these gifts are important for you. See, if you have a gift from God, you need, to, you need a clean heart to operate it. Your character has, has to match your calling. Your character has to match the gift that God has given you. If you discover what he's given you, it's important for you to get you, get you some water. What's the water? The water is the washing of the word. You should be so in tune with the word of God once you discover your gift. That's the first thing that I did when I began to discover my gifts. I began to run to God and to begin to study the scriptures so that I could understand how to operate in this gift, so that I can know the integrity and the character that God expects me to walk in as I carry this gift. Away with us, the, the people who, ex- who think it's okay for us to just operate in the gifts of God without integrity and without character. God is looking for a church that is going to operate in the gifts of God with some character and some integrity. you got to have some character and some integrity, and the Holy
Holy Spirit will help you grow in your character and your integrity because he convicts the world of sin and he won't let you feel right operating that gift without you developing your character and integrity because it's so essential for you to be who God called you to be and operate the gift that he called you to operate. Somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important for you to understand this. It's so important for you to understand this. And then this is the, the last thing. You need some sunshine. You need some, you need some, some sunshine. You need some sunshine. You need some, you, I'm not saying S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E. I'm saying S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E. You need some sunshine. You need to be in the presence of of Jesus as much as possible. When you're trying to develop the gift that God has called you in, you should be the first one lifting your hands during the worship encounter. When you're trying to develop the gift of God that lives on the inside, you should be the first one to say amen when the sermon is being preached. When you're trying to develop the, the gift of God that lives on the inside, you should be the first one with some worship music on in your car and turn that ratchet stuff off and find you some righteous stuff to listen to. I'm going home. Y'all can fight me after I leave. That's all right. I'm going to run out of the building. It's all good. But you need to understand that God has gifted you in a certain way that you need to be fueled by sunshine. You, you need to be fueled by being in the presence of Jesus. Listen, in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. You need to understand that when you spend time with Jesus he begins to perk, he begins to put in your heart and begin to change you from the inside and begin to make you even more in love with the purpose by which he's created you for so that you can flow in your gift. But you, if you you are not motivated by being in sunshine. You will be motivated by being in the world. And the world will motivate you to use your gift in wicked ways. But Jesus will motivate you to use your, your, your gift in righteous ways. And that's why you got to stay in the sun. I tell young people and young ministers and pastors and elders all the time, the most important thing that you can do is stay in the sun. Don't get out of his presence. Make sure you stay hungry. When you see your worship lingering, when you see your passion for God falling you need to get in the presence of the sun because when you get in the presence of the sun oh the sun brings you revelation of what he did for you and when you remember what he did for you then you'll do more for him and you'll get yourself back in alignment when you realize the cross that he sat on and the hands that were spread on the cross and the blood and the nails that were pushed into his feet when you understand that there was a crown pushed into his head into his skull and he bled from his head when you remember the skin that was beaten off of his back on the whipping post. This is why you got to spend time in the presence of the sun. You need some sunshine because it'll keep you in alignment with the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. The sun will keep you focused on using your gift for God because you'll be motivated by the right things and not the wrong. Somebody say amen. amen. And then my third point is this is submitting your gift. Submitting. Ooh, that's a, that's a Christian cuss word there. Chris. Submit. Sub submit. I have learned that over my time in ministry, it's been 18 years now, I'm seeing this word submit get such a bad reputation in the body of Christ. It's funny that we'll submit to our bosses at work, but we have a hard time submitting to our leaders in church. 
It's funny that we will prioritize submission and other relationships outside of the kingdom. But when it comes to the kingdom, we have a heart. Some of y'all, you're getting tight on me already. I feel you. I feel you in the room. They got, they got tight on me, Pastor Ty. They, they were with me at first. I said, yeah, yeah. Submit. Oh. Oh. We don't like that S word. I'm with you. I understand. I got you. But here's the, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Submission is God's government. Submission, this is good. When we go back to this passage, it, for, it, it totally accentuates the point that all of these gifts are supposed to work together in the kingdom, that we're all supposed to be intricately connected somehow, that you're not supposed to operate in your gift outside of being connected in the kingdom. And the only way that you can operate in the kingdom is submitting to the king that is in the kingdom. And so this is important for you to understand that when you're called and you have a gift of God that lives on the inside of you that's been given to you by the Holy Spirit, the best thing that you can do is make sure that you submit your gift. Somebody say submit. Because in the kingdom, the way up is down. See, in the world, they teach you to kick the ladder over while somebody's trying to climb up in front of you to make sure that you do stab someone in the back to get the, the race. Do whatever you got to do to make your way in the, in the uh, uh, tell, say something about somebody that's not true to make sure that they get a bad look and a bad rap over the person that's trying to be in front of you. But the truth of the matter is in the kingdom, the way up is down. It's humble. It's being low. It's making sure that you take a posture of a servant and not the posture of a slave. This is good right here. See, you you got to be able to see yourself in your gift, serving with your gift, not slaving with your gift. You see, see, Joseph could have saw himself as a slave when he was in Potiphar's house, but he saw himself as a servant of the most high God. And he was being used by God, even though he was in a position that looked like a slave. He saw himself as a servant. And when you see yourself as a servant, it helps you to submit your gift in a place where you can be protected and covered because your gift has to be submitted under someone's authority. You cannot operate in the kingdom outside of delegated authority. You have to come under someone in order to be operating in the kingdom. You see, it's God the Father, it's God the Son, it's God the Holy Spirit, and then it is his servants that he puts in a position of leadership or authority that should be submitted under somebody else that is in a position of leadership and authority. You see, I'm not a pastor independently by myself. I have three overseers who I report to and talk to, and they have permission to get in my stuff and ask me questions about my wife and my kids and ask me how my character and integrity is doing and call me when they hear something that I preach that doesn't sound right, that sounds a little weird, that's off a little bit. They have permission because I'm submitted under someone's authority with my gifts. And guess what? I flow better when I'm under submission. I've learned that people who step out of authority, I've learned that people who don't want to be submitted and they're gifted usually end up in rebellion to the things of God and they will operate only for a certain amount of time, but they don't have the covering over the top of them that's praying for them, that's asking the right questions, that's making sure they're operating in integrity, that's making sure they stay in a place where they can stay firmly planted in the house of God so they can grow. You need some submission in your life. You need some spiritual authority in your life. How submitted are you in the house of God and, and under the pastor that God has blessed you with? How submitted are you with the gift that God has given you? Ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm a pastor now, and I have so many people telling me that they're called. And the next question I ask is, who are you submitting to? Wow. Half of them don't answer the question. Because they want to they discover what God called them to be, 
and do it by themselves. But God never intended for any of us to flow in the gifts that he gave us independently of each other. We are intricately connected to each other and we are connected to the body of Christ. We are not independent. We are connected. We have individual gifts, but we are not independent of each other. And the moment that we realize that we're supposed to be submitted under the authority that God has placed us under, the moment your gift begins to flow. Somebody say amen. Worship team, come up. I'm closing. I'm closing. That means that you have to be willing to lose your pride. That means that you have to be willing. That means you have to be willing to set aside your own personal agenda and be able to listen to someone who is more spiritually mature than you are about you growing in the gift that God has called you to operate in. Maybe you're operating immaturely in a gift and the, 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 the authority that God has placed in your life, the spiritual authority in your life, can help you see where you're getting off track so that you can stay in lockstep. I have been submitted under spiritual authority since I started preaching the gospel. I have never preached a gospel message without being submitted under someone. I've never done anything in the kingdom without being submitted under someone. And I came to convince someone here today that you're made in the likeness in the image of Almighty God, that you have a gift and a talent that God has placed on the inside of you. And he expects for you to be submitted with that gift so that you can flow, baby, flow, and be connected to the body and not just individually by yourself. I came to push somebody today. I came to push some people in the room today that discovered, that discovered that you're gifted and you're talented. But God wants you to be able to submit that gift and put it under someone's authority, under God's authority, under someone that's submitted to God. Hello, somebody. Under someone that's submitted to God. Can I just say this? Your pastor here, he's submitted to God. He's under God's authority. So you can trust your gift under his authority because he's submitted and he's got coverage and overseers that oversee him too. You see, this is delegated authority. None of us get to escape it. We're all under somebody. Oh, come on, somebody. This is anti-world here because we're taught to be independent and make our own tables and build our own stuff and do it our own selves. But the truth is, is that there is, thank you, Holy Spirit, there's a legacy of faith that will pass down into your gift if you, if you submit it under the people that God called you to walk in. I'm standing today preaching better because I submitted to T.D. Jakes and I was under his calling and I was under his ministry. I learned how to be a better preacher because I submitted my gift and I let him tell me when I was off and that when my doctrine seemed wrong and when it was off, I submitted my gift under every pastor that I served under because it was important for me to grow and develop in the gift that God gave me. And I'm here to tell you today that you're going to have to be able to submit that spiritual gift to a spiritual leader so God can grow you. And the last thing I want to say is this. I want to say this to you. The power of the Holy Spirit needs to be stirred up on the inside of all of you. The power of the Holy Spirit needs to be stirred up on the inside of all of you. How do you do that? You, you do that by allowing someone who is stirred to lay hands on you so you can become stirred. Let me show you in scripture. Can I show you in Bible? Because some of y'all get nervous on me. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six and seven says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, who submitted, by the way, for God has not given us a spirit of fear 
but of power and of love and a sound mind. Did you see what the scripture said here? I remember being that young man, being at the altar, and I remember someone who was stirred laying hands on me because I needed to be stirred. And when, they, when their Holy Spirit came in contact with my Holy Spirit, something began to stir, and I began to see giftings and talents inside of me. I began to understand scripture a little differently because they came in contact and they stirred up the gift that lives on the inside of me. Some of you need to live a life that you say, I'm stirred and not shaken. Come on, somebody. We're going to reverse this thing. We're going to turn this thing around. I'm not, I'm not stirred and shaken. I'm, 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 I'm stirred by the Spirit of God, so I'm not shaken by the things in the world. Come on, somebody. And so, everyone stand to your feet real quick. When you put your notes to the side, I need, someone, I need some of you guys to shut your analytical mind down for a moment. Because this requires faith that I'm about to do. And I have seen hundreds, if not thousands of people receive the Holy Spirit. And I've seen him stir people in such a powerful way in these moments that we're about to jump into right now. Remember when I started the service, I told you there would be people in this room who would want the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Who would want the power of the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them, showing and activating the gifts of God that live on the inside. Can I tell you, you can't, you can't reach those gifts without the power of the Holy Spirit revealing those gifts to you. And so right now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just want to sweep this room really quick. I want to sweep this room. I want to sweep. I want to sweep this room. I want to sweep this podcast as people are listening as well. And I'm looking for people. I'm looking for people. I'm looking for people in the room who, who say, today, Pastor, I, I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want him, I want him, I want to see more of his evidence living in my life. I, I want to see more of his giftings and talents flow in the inside of me. I want to see him. I want to see him. If that's you, raise your hand right now. If you're in the room, you say, man, I, I need more Holy Spirit activated in my life. I, on Pentecost Sunday, I, I'm open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I want him to lead me and guide me in my marriage. I'm, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm thinking this through on my own and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you do me a favor? Do me a huge favor. I want you to be so bold to just meet me down here at this altar and I want you to come down in a spirit of worship I want you to come down I want you to come down I want you to come down now listen don't let the devil sit on you he's gonna try to convince you to stay in your seat right now but if you raised your hand I want you to meet me at this altar and why not this Sunday this is the country preacher from Texas I'm leaving listen this is what if it happens what if it works what if the Holy Spirit activates something in your life in this moment I want you to meet me at this altar and I just want you to lift your hands and I want you to worship because this is what happens when we start to worship and his presence begins to come in the bible the bible talks about when they were in one place on one accord the bible says suddenly the holy spirit showed up and so we just want to worship him and we want to give him some glory we want to give him some praise we want to give him some worship I, I need something i need something really good i need something really good i need some spirit fall down on us we need your presence yes yes Come on, let's seek the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? Just lift your hands. Right there. I dare you. You got to lose your mind. You got to worship. Come on, let's seek him. Let's seek him. Turn your attention to heaven. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. That's it. Come on, let's seek him. That's it. Keep worshiping. Keep going. That's it. Right there where you are. Just lift your hands up right there. Close your eyes and be ready to receive the Holy Spirit. He is real. He wants to live inside of all of you. And in just a moment, 
I'm going to be the Paul to your Timothy, and I'm going to lay my hands on you, and I'm going to believe that God is going to stir the gift that he put inside of you. He's going to reveal things to you. He's going to show you who he is. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, open your hands. Open your hands. Here we go. Power of the Holy Ghost. Here we go. Woo! Stir up the gift of God that lives on the inside. In the name of Jesus. Woo! If you're still in the room, that means you feel his presence. If you need to leave, it's okay. It's all right if you need to leave. It's okay, but there's a few people here that feel his presence. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would make your power so present to your children, to your sons and your daughters. I pray that they would walk like you. I pray that they would talk like you. I pray that they would be filled with your spirit. I pray that they would flow in the anointing. I pray that they would operate in the gifts. I pray that they would submit them, get their gifts underneath the house. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would stir it up. Stir it up in the name of Jesus. Stir up the anointing of God that lives inside of your people. Yeah. Yeah. Stay right there. Spirit of God. Yeah. That's it. And every person listening to this audio would be consumed with your spirit, would be filled with your anointing, would see the evidence in their lives, God, that you call them to be, that you call them to walk as in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining Be The Light Podcast with lead pastor C.B. Barthlow. Visit our website at denverbeacon.org. To download our Beacon app, text Beacon to 97000. Once again, text Beacon to 97000. Whatever you do, please remember to be the light. Let's go! Let's go!